Well, friends, please turn for me this evening to Luke's Gospel, chapter 13 and verse 10. And he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Now we're looking this evening, friends, at this miracle or deliverance, you could say, of this uh, woman uh, who was inflicted with a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And my title is a very, very simple one. You can't save yourself. You cannot convert yourself. This is what I think comes through in this particular miracle. It's something that Christ has to do. We do not have the power to do it. Well, everybody loves surprises, pleasant surprises anyway. People don't usually like the unpleasant ones. We wish we didn't have those. But when we have unexpected blessings that come our way, something good happens to us when we perhaps least expect it. Oh, it makes our day. Oh, it brings a smile to our face, perhaps. It may even be life-changing. And that's what's happened here to this woman in the text. There she was on the Sabbath day. It was a usual practice to go in on the Sabbath day, you could say, to the synagogue, which was like their local uh, meeting together, uh, to study the Word, to, to praise God. And she went in as usual on the Sabbath day, Perhaps she never even crossed her mind that something great and something wonderful and something tremendous was going to happen to her that day. She never expected it. She probably thought it's going to be the same as any other Sabbath day. But she was in for an unexpected blessing. A very pleasant surprise came away. A life-changing blessing for her. She came into the synagogue, as we read, bent over, bent over double, cast down, sad, and she left upright, straight, her body made straight, and no doubt with great joy and delight, rejoicing, perhaps even as she left the synagogue, perhaps it wouldn't be the, the right thing for a lady to be seen on the streets, but perhaps she was like that man who also, when he was healed, he leapt up and down and was uh, so full of joy. Surely this must have been her feeling as well. 18 years, 18 long years to be in that particular condition. We can't imagine it. We cannot imagine what it was like for her. It seems uh, she never expected to find Jesus in the synagogue that day. As she hobbled over, uh, to that place of worship, as I said, it never once crossed her mind, this is going to be the last day of my infirmity. But it was. She never thought that this day is going to change my life forever, but it did. The day that Jesus spoke to her, the day that Jesus touched her with both his hands and healed her and healed her permanently, this was, no, this was no temporary fix. This was no um, making the body just as it were feel warm and feel, oh, something's happened. No, this was a real change. This was a permanent change 
Uh, this was a change that would last for life. Well, friends, the same Lord Jesus who did this for this woman, the same Christ is here tonight to also bless us. Here we are in this in the church. Here we are. This is where the Lord is. This is where the Lord comes to meet with his people. This is where the Lord comes to change people's lives. This is where the Lord comes in power. Oh, friends, you won't find these things in the pub. You won't find that he, he will be there to bless you in a place of entertainment. But he is here in the church. That's where he has promised to be, to bless people. And perhaps uh, you, came, you, you, came, you came in just like that woman who came into the synagogue with a heavy heart and things pressing down upon you, things that make you sad as well. And he saw you. He saw you as you came into the church even tonight. And he had his eye upon you and he's ready and willing to change your life. He's ready and willing to speak to you. He's ready and willing to touch your life in such a way that will change you forever. For the, for the remaining of your life and into eternity. He's ready to bless you with conversion and a new life and with spiritual life and to ch change your life. He's ready to do this in your soul so that today could be a day you'll never forget for the remainder of your life. And you will always look back to this day in September and say, this was the day when the Lord changed me and the Lord saved me and the Lord uh, brought me to himself. Well, let's look a little bit at these uh, words and this uh, incident. This poor woman, verse 11, Behold, there was a woman. Or behold, look, uh, Luke is saying, a woman which had a spirit of in infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Bent over double, she comes into the synagogue once again. She's a regular here. Everybody knew her. She was uh, a local person, no doubt. And uh, no one battered an eyelid when she came into the synagogue this time. On the first time she came in, yes, they did. Perhaps they whispered to one another when they saw her in that poor condition for the very first time. Perhaps uh, they, some felt a little bit embarrassed when she walked in. Perhaps some as well. Some kind ladies felt pity for her and took her by the hand and showed her to a seat. But that was all a long, long time ago. 18, maybe longer, 18 years ago. Uh, but now they've gotten used to her. Now they they're all are familiar with her. She herself has gotten used to her condition. Eighteen years is a long time to be in that particular condition. Eighteen years of just looking at the earth, being bent over. Eighteen years of pain, no doubt, and aches and pains in her body. Eighteen years of people staring at her and perhaps saying things about her behind her back. Eighteen years, sadly, we have to say, of being abnormal. Eighteen years of a restricted life, so much that she couldn't do 
so much that she didn't have the ability to do because of this infirmity. 18 years of misery for this poor woman. She could in no wise lift herself up. She tried, no doubt, many, many times. She must have tried to lift herself up. Perhaps she, with, with self-will and self-determination, at initially she may have said, let me try. But the more she tried, every time she tried, she failed. Couldn't do it. Perhaps she took a trip to the local physio, uh, physiotherapist, or, uh, and he maybe tried, and he uh, tr tried different methods, but that didn't help her. Perhaps she tried massaging, getting somebody to massage different ointments into her, but that didn't help. Nothing helped her. And she couldn't lift up herself. She couldn't stand erect. She couldn't stand up straight. We're told the cause of her infirmity was an evil spirit. Somehow, we're not told how exactly, but an evil spirit had inflicted this infirmity on her. It doesn't seem to have touched other parts of her faculties. She still seems to have a mind. She still seems to be able to come into uh, uh, the synagogue, but uh, physically she is affected and has been kept in that captive position chained position, as it were, from which she cannot free herself. The devil had ruined her life as he seeks to ruin everyone's human life. Oh, friends, it was only when she came into contact with Christ that things changed for her. But when we look at this woman, it's on record for us to also teach us and to instruct us that this, is, this woman in this condition is a picture, it's a mirror to us of what our souls are like. Our souls are also in a deformed condition. Our souls are not in the right condition when we are without Christ, before we come to Christ, before we come to salvation. This woman, she was bent over double, uh, she was in this deformed position, but everybody around her was upright. Everybody around her was straight. So it was so obvious to everyone, something wrong with her. This is not right. This is not normal. And it's the same for us, friends, uh, spiritually. When we think about our souls, uh, our souls are, uh, the Bible teaches us, also because of sin in a deformed and abnormal state. Before we come to Christ, where we are out of sync with God. We are, there is no vertical relationship with the Lord. All we have is the horizontal relationships. All we are thinking about is the relationship with our husband, with our wife, with our children, with our friends, with our colleagues, with our neighbors. This is the only level, the plane that we are thinking uh, along. And there's one big gap which is missing in us, and that is a vertical relationship with our God and with our Creator. That's not right, friends. That's not how we were made to be. That's not normal in God's eyes. That's not the ideal for us. We think it's normal because we've been in that condition for so long. For 18 years or more, we've been in that condition just thinking life is all about earthly relationships only. We've never thought 
I can have and I'm made by God for a relationship with Him. We think it's normal because the majority of people in the world around us are also in that same condition as we are. And so we think, well, they don't, they don't uh, talk about God. They don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I must, uh, and I don't either. This must be normal. I heard of a family living in a remote village in Turkey. You may have seen this yourself. But uh, the Eulas the family. And uh, the strange thing about them is they, all, they walk on all fours. Their hands and their feet they use to move from place to place. And, uh, well, if it's, it's abnormal to us, isn't it? We don't do that. But if you were born into that family, and you saw everyone else is walking on their fours, all fours, uh, you would think it's normal. But it's not. We know it's not. We know that we are, we are made, and we quite naturally walk on two feet. But uh, so, friends, to be a, a person without a relationship with God, it may seem normal, normal because so many people do, uh, uh, are in that same state. But it's not. When we look back uh, to our first parents, to that divine original, to the ideal which was at the beginning when God made the world in six days and when uh, every, before sin had entered into the world uh, and things God made Adam and Eve and they had this a relationship with each other and they also had a relationship with God and that was, that's how the pattern was meant to be passed on down to us they enjoyed one another Adam and Eve enjoyed time together they loved one another they spoke about things together with one another they enjoyed each other's love they reveled in each other as husband and wife but then they also had this relationship with their maker. And they also loved him. He was not a God who was distant from them. He was a God who was very near them. They knew him as their friend. He loved them. He communed with them. He spoke to them. He, uh, he came near to them day after day. It was a daily relationship they had with their God. A loving relationship that they had with him. And both went together. What happened? What happened to break that relationship? Well, sin came in. Sin came in, and uh, Adam and Eve, we know, uh, sinned against God. They disobeyed God, and that relationship with God be uh, was broken. They became estranged from their friend. They became estranged from him. That he became a stranger to them. He, they, he beca they became felt averse to him. And that feeling of averseness has passed down all the way to us. Sin entered and broke that relationship with God. And now we feel so averse to our God and our Creator. But that's not how it's meant to be. God made man upright in body and soul. But sin has cast man down. And sin has separated us from our Maker. And then you could say this woman, well, she was always looking at the earth below her. Poor thing. She couldn't lift her eyes up to heaven. That's also like us. All we see is uh, this world. We're like the animals. 
The animals also, they are only looking downwards, like the dogs and the cats. Most of the time they're facing downwards. The whole scope of our lives before we come to Christ, the panoramic view of our lives reaches no further than earthly things. A good life is what we aim for in this world. Oh, let me just have a peaceful life here. Or if I can only obtain a quiet life, or perhaps I think if I can obtain a material things, then that will be good. Or look at all those entertainments. Let me just indulge myself in a life of entertainments and sports and soap operas and movies and, and songs. That will be my cheer in this world. That will be where my happiness gain. This is where my pleasures are. It's all earthly. It's all on that level. We cannot see higher than this world. Perhaps we, our thinking is, well, this world is all that there is, so I might as well enjoy it while I can. I might as well make the most of it while I can. I might as well live life to the full in this world because that's all there is. But the Bible tells us different. The Bible tells us there is a higher life available to us. A higher life is offered by God to us. A spiritual life, friends. You come to the Lord and He will give you a life that is so much better than just an earthly level of life. So much better than just a delight in material things. He will give you spiritual things, blessings which this world cannot give you. The Lord Jesus Christ will give you joys and pleasures that you cannot find in this world. A conscience He will give you free from guilt. He will give you peace within, joy within, that the world cannot take away, He said. Satisfying joys. Satisfaction in Christ. A contentment in Christ. This is what he gives to us, friends, a place in heaven, real and lasting happiness. There is something better, and there is something higher than just what this world affords, an abundant life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as I've said, this poor woman tried to lift up herself, tried her very best uh, used her effort, but she couldn't do it. It was impossible for her to heal herself. And neither can you and I convert ourselves. We need conversion. We need conversion. We need a new heart, friends. We need to have a new spirit put within us. We need to, to be spiritually awakened. Spiritually, we are dead. We need to be awakened. And we cannot do that ourselves any more than a dead, dead person can make themselves alive. It's impossible. And so also, and we cannot convert ourselves. You cannot give yourself spiritual life. You cannot, through reform, bring yourself into a relationship with God. It's impossible, friends. Impossible for you to do it. You cannot change yourself in such a way. Perhaps you've tried. 
Perhaps you've really tried. Perhaps you've sincerely tried. You've said, oh, I'll make an effort. I'll pray every day. I'll read my Bible every day. And then surely that will lead to a relationship with God and I'll be brought. It, that cannot help you. Well, it can help you, but that cannot bring you the change just by doing these things if your dependence is on these things. Perhaps you said, well, I'll try and be as good a person as I can be. I'll try and keep the Ten Commandments as well as I can. And perhaps that's the, the, the route that you've gone down. But after a while you realize, I fail you. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's good if you felt that you can't. You may even go as far as, as saying, well, I'll make an effort, and you're very sincere. I'll make an effort to love God and to serve Him. And in this way, I'll earn for myself a spiritual life. But as you've gone down the road, you found you can't do it. You failed at every turn. You may try for one or two days, but very quickly you fail. It's, it's impossible, friends. It's just as it was impossible for this woman to lift up herself. If we try and change ourselves, we are sure to lead to failure. You know, there's a man in India, and as an act of devotion, this is quite odd and strange, but as an act of devotion to his Hindu god, uh, he decided, and also for world peace, he decided to hold up his right hand in the air. And he decided to keep it up in the air for day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Well, you can only imagine the kind of pain that he was going through. But he was doing all this uh, for his, uh, as a devotion for his Hindu God. And for two years, it said that he endured uh, severe pain until it reached such a point where he lost all the sensation in his right arm. And his muscles atrophied, and he could no longer bring his hand down, even if he tried. It was impossible for him. And he had to, for the last 50 years, he's had to go through life with his hand, right hand up, held up aloft uh, to, towards the sky. He can't do it. It's just another picture, another example of something that's impossible. The muscles have atrophied uh, in his arm. Although we don't, our spiritual muscles are not functioning. They're atrophied, we could say. And we cannot save ourselves. We cannot rise from an earthly position to a heavenly one. That's the point, friends, I wish to make tonight especially. You cannot save yourself. You cannot earn God's favor. You cannot merit a place in heaven. Oh, it's a very simple message. But how hard it is for people to get this message. There are still so many people who are trying their very best to get to God and to change their lives by themselves. And the message again and again from Scripture comes through, you can't do it, but there's somebody who can. There's somebody who's willing and able to do it for you. And that's Jesus. Jesus is able. Look at verse 12 and 13. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Jesus saw her. Jesus called her. 
Jesus spoke to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Thou art, the word is, unchained from your infirmity. Jesus touched her with both hands. It was all the work of the Lord Jesus. The woman made no contribution whatsoever. Jesus healed her. Jesus made her able to stand straight again. In an instant, immediately at his word. And she glorified God. That's what Christ must do for you and for me. That's what my, Christ must do for our souls. Christ alone uh, can give us a spiritual life. Christ alone can give us a new heart. He alone can change us. I cannot do it. Other people around you cannot do it. Angels cannot do it for you. Christ alone has this ability. Let me go to him. Let me ask him uh, for, uh, to do it uh, in me and for me. Well, friends, if you have a chest infection, you may try your very best with all the home medications you have in your cabinet, medical cabinet. But when it doesn't work, you know it's time to see the, the GP and to get some antibiotics prescribed uh, for you. You need outside help. Perhaps something worse has happened to you. Perhaps something much more serious comes your way. Uh, more serious uh, uh, sickness and illness and you see your GP and your GP says I cannot help you you need to see a surgeon it's so serious and a surgeon can help you perhaps you need to pay your rent and you haven't got enough money in the bank to pay your rent well you need to go outside of yourself and hope that you have some kind generous and rich friend who can help you you need to go uh, to him and ask for help. And we are so limited in what we can do for ourselves spiritually, friends. In, in, in this case, we have to, uh, for our souls, we don't have the ability to save our souls, ourselves, ourselves. We have to go out of ourselves. We have to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. He can he is so able. He's done it for millions of souls already. And he's willing to change you even tonight. He feels friends for you, just like he felt for this woman. Do not think of the Savior as cold. Do not think of him as heartless and far away in heaven, unconcerned. Just when he saw that woman... And he saw her walking through those synagogue doors. And in a moment he knew all about her. In a moment he could see without anyone telling her that for 18 years she had had a life of pain and misery and hardship. He could see her plight and he felt for her. And he's the same pitying, compassionate Savior today. Yes, he's in heaven. Yes, he's in glory. But he still feels for you and for I, for, for those who are perishing in sin and lost. He feels pity for you. Oh, friends, Christ has a large heart of love. Love brought him down from heaven. Love for people caused him to go all the, the way to the cross. Love gave him the impetus to go to Calvary's cross and to suffer and to die in the place of sinners. 
of all who will believe on him. He, he took their penalty of their, of their sins upon himself. Love. Love for us. Oh, friends, such is the Savior. He is still the same. As you read of him in the Gospels, he is still the same feeling, pitiful Savior. Come to him, friends. Come to him. Go to him on your knees. Beg of him uh, for, for this change. Acknowledge before him, Lord, I cannot do it. Lord, I've tried my very best. I realize I cannot do it. You must do it for me. I cannot save myself. Lord, forgive me. Lord, save me. Lord, convert me. Lord, give me that new heart. I repent of my sins. I trust in you. He will hear your prayers. He will do it for you. And you will soon know a changed life. And you will soon have a testimony. This is what Christ has done for my soul. And you'll be able to tell it out to others as well. So let's pray together. Oh Lord our God, we again thank you that even we could say that there is a miracle waiting for us in Christ. And a changed life is the greatest miracle we know of all. Oh, grant that it may be our personal experience here today. If we haven't had this joy of knowing a conversion and knowing of a new life, grant it unto us, O oh Lord. Bless us, we pray. We are so needy people, but we thank you that we have a great Savior that we may go to and that we may seek and who is ever ready to help us and to bless us. Hear our prayer. Be with us. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, close by singing our final hymn, which is number 390. Lord, I was blind, I could not see. 390.